Well, good morning, everyone. Today, we have a little bit of a change of pace for you on Sunday morning, uh, because today I'm going to share our ministry plan for this fall. Now, typically, I would take a Sunday around this time of year to share some of our plans for ministries for our church. And a lot of times, Pastor Chris would also couple uh, this time of year with a vision presentation for the future vision of our church. But this being the year that it is, uh, we're going to hold off on the future vision probably till about January and focus today on what our plan is for September, October, and into the fall. Now, I did want to do a top five with you this morning. Uh, but you know, a lot of the good ones are already taken. You got the candy bars gone and the kids cereals gone. I did think maybe about doing essential oils, top five essential oils. Um, although I thought that might be a little too controversial. So we'll save that. We do have one more True North sermon coming up next week. And so maybe you can put your thoughts in the comments section if you're watching online and we'll get one more top five for you next time. But before we jump into our fall ministry plan, I want to take a couple minutes and share our heart as pastors with you this morning. And also, I want to take a few minutes and open up God's word and share a short story from scripture as well that I think can serve as a good framework for us as we walk into these next couple months together. But I want to start today with an object. So um, when I do uh, mentoring with a younger guy, or if I have an intern, uh, one of the things that I'll do is have them do a project for me. Uh, and so about two years ago, there's a guy named J.D. Zamraz, uh, who was an intern for me, and I asked him to do this project as well. Now, here's what I asked the guys to do. I asked them, can you artistically represent your spiritual life to me? Usually that's met with a lot of blank stares. Uh, so but I'll, I'll tell them again. I want you to artistically represent your spiritual life to me in some way. You know, maybe you could do some sort of drawing or painting. Uh, maybe it could be a short story or a poem. I don't care if it's a sculpture. I just want you to artistically represent the story of what God has done in your life. Well, a couple years ago, when I had this intern, J.D. Zamros, um, he gave me this as a response to that project. What he told me is that he looks at the story of God's life with him as a series of ups and downs. He could think of high moments of his spiritual life and low moments of his spiritual life. But all along, when he steps back, he can see that God is putting together a beautiful portrait and uh, JD, when he did it, you know, he uh, decided to burn it into wood. So a little bit of an overachiever JD is. I know that about him. Uh, but he also used an art form called dot art. So he actually burned individual dots into this wood. And that for him had another meaning. That every single moment in my life, whether it be the high ones or the low ones, God is orchestrating into a beautiful plan. I wonder... If you had to artistically represent your life story just in the last six months during this COVID season, how would you do that? Maybe you'd take this piece of wood and just light it on fire, right? Let it burn. <laughs> I know there's a lot of people that feel that way. But guys, to be honest, uh, this season has had a lot of low dots. 
Maybe you feel that way as you think back over the last six months. I know for, for pastors included, there's been a lot of low dots over this period of time. I mean, even in just the, 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 the church world slice, uh, we were at a time in early 2020 where we were like, hold on to your seat growing so fast. We didn't have room for the cars. We didn't have room for the chairs. And you go from that to stay-at-home orders. That's sad. You know, uh, not just in, in church life, in personal life. I'm sure there's a lot of you who can think back to dark times in the last six months where you had a low dot. I remember for me, uh, probably the, 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 one of the lowest points was sometime in late March, early April. It's after, uh, after midnight and I'm sitting at home and I get a text from, from Pastor Chris. You probably remember sending me that text. And um, he says, are you awake? And so in that moment, you decide, do I lie to my boss or, or not? Uh, but I text him back, yeah, I'm awake. He gives me a call. And three hours later, we hang up the phone so it's after 3 a.m., I'm laying on my couch, and it hits me like a club on the side of the head. Church during COVID is not going to be fun. Now, that's not to say there haven't been some high dots along the way as well. In fact, you guys have been unbelievable during this season. You've gone out of your way to encourage us, whether that be in person or through notes or through emails. We know you're praying for us. Trust me, we can feel the prayer support. Financially, you've been so supportive. I mean, your giving has been off the charts. There's also been some other great high dots during this season. We've seen salvations at our church. My own oldest son received Christ during these last couple months. We've seen baptisms during this season. Just this past week, I was able to witness a baptism out here under the tent. Never done that before. Uh, but God is still doing those things here among us. We've had people make incredible uh, decisions for their life during this season that maybe COVID put some pressure on an area and they thought, hey, now's the time to make this move in my life. God is using it. God has worked. In fact, you'd have to be spiritually blind not to see God at work during the season of COVID. But yet in, in our quiet moments, our pastors have still had one prayer on our minds from the beginning. And that's this, Lord, how do we go forward? How do we go forward? You have a, a pastoral team, uh, a deacon board, a staff that will follow God into the dark, dark, dark. We will do that. But that can be hard when you don't know exactly where God is. You know, there was a tendency, I think a lot of us felt early on, uh, where it was just, how, how quickly can we get back to doing our life the way that it was? But then once you start realizing, hey, this isn't going to be a bounce back type event, as a spiritual leader, as a pastor, you start to ask another question. What does God want to teach his people in these days? What does God want us to learn? What does his church need to repent from? And Lord, how do we go forward? We've been praying about that, of course, over the course of the summer. In fact, in, in August, we had our deacons pray over requests like that. Lord, how do we go forward? For 14 straight days, 
You know, one of the ways I believe God actually answered that prayer was through a passage of scripture he put on our hearts. It's a passage of scripture that um, it was about mid-August and I was reading my, my kids a Bible story at night, which I typically do. And in their kids' Bible, the Lord just highlighted one aspect of one of the stories that we read and it was the story of the 12 spies. Do you remember that story from your Bibles? In this story of the 12 spies, you know, we pick up with Israel who has just walked out of Egypt and they're now in the wilderness. And Moses sends out the 12 spies into the promised land to sort of get an idea of what they're walking into. Remember, he sent out one spy from each of the 12 tribes and he tells them, I want you to do some specific things while you're on this mission. So he tells them, I want you to check out the forestry of the, the place. I want you to tell us the lay of the land. He tells them, I want you to, to note the people. Are there a lot of people or are there few people? Are they a strong people or are they a weak people? He asks them, are they living in tents or are they living in fortified cities? Because that makes a big difference if you're gonna take over their land. And then he tells them, I want you also to bring back some of the fruit of the land. We wanna put our eyes on the produce of the land that God is giving to us. And so he sends out these spies and really uh, the text doesn't give us all that much detail about their campaign into the promised land because really the focus of the text is on the reply or the report of the spies. And you can probably remember, they break down into the 10 who gave the bad report and then the two, Joshua and Caleb, who gave the good report. And we could pick up on the part of the story in Numbers 13, verse 25, where the, the, the 12 come back and they begin to report to the children of Israel what they found. So Numbers 13, 25 says this, after exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore. This is the 10. And it is indeed a beautiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev and the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. Right after this, Caleb, one of the two, chimes in. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. Then the, the 10 speak back up. The other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land that we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. After the, collecting themselves a little bit, Joshua and Caleb come back on the scene in Numbers 14 and this is the final thing they say to the people. They said to all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. So what you have here are two very different perspectives. 
You have uh, the perspective of the 10. Uh, by the way, you probably don't know any of their names. They aren't the kind of people worth remembering. And you could call their report the doom and gloom report, right? They focus on the challenges. They focus on the difficulty. But then you have another perspective. You have the perspective of the two, of Joshua and Caleb. My guess is you probably have family members named after those two guys. And it's the perspective of the two. I think my kid's Bible sums up so well. Caleb said, God has given us this land. We can do it. So the Lord hit me with something as I read through this story with my kids. And it was really a, a pretty simple question. It's this, am I thinking like the 10 or the two? Am I thinking like the 10 or the two? Our church, God has brought us into a season where there's a virus that has turned the world upside down. He has brought us into a season of political unrest. He's brought us into a season of social unrest. God has brought us into these circumstances. Am I thinking like the 10 or the two? Now, I don't want to equate entering the promised land as a one-to-one -one with our circumstances right now. But I do want to ask the question, when it comes to the future that God is leading us into, am I thinking like the 10, only seeing the obstacles, only seeing the difficulties, only seeing the challenges, or am I thinking like the two? Do I have the perspective of Joshua and Caleb that if God is leading us into it, we can do it? Now, personally, I just love the grins on these guys' faces. I don't know if you can see that from where you're sitting. Um, I love the smiles. In fact, I think the artist nailed the spirit of this text when he, when he drew this. Now, are these guys smiling because the circumstances that they're walking into are easy? Do they have big grins on their faces because taking the promised land, that's gonna be a piece of cake? No, these guys are smiling because they have conviction. In fact, um, they learned firsthand how difficult it would be to take the promised land. You can read about it in the book of Joshua. There were great challenges and great dangers ahead of them. Remember places like Jericho and places like Ai. See, these guys had grins, these guys had smiles, not because it was gonna be easy, but because God was in it. And you know, there's a, uh, there's a mistake we can make sometimes. It's a mistake that Craig Barnes writes about when he says this, don't confuse the promised land with paradise. Don't confuse the promised land with paradise. You know, too often we can, we can fall into the trap of thinking that because God is allowing something in our lives, that it's gonna be easy. We can too often fall into the trap of thinking that if God is leading us somewhere, it's gonna be a cakewalk. There'll be no challenges and no difficulties because God wouldn't do that to us. But see, that's thinking that the future is gonna be paradise. Hey, one day there will be paradise. We will be in God's presence and every tear will be wiped away. But for God's people, very often he leads us into difficult circumstances. 
Now, set aside the application we'll be making here for COVID and church future and so on. Think about even your life. I wonder if, as you think about the challenges that are right in front of you, maybe that's parenting challenges. Maybe there's a a legal situation you're wrapped up in or a financial burden that you're bearing. Maybe there's something in your business or your, your place of work that just has you tied up in knots. Maybe it's an adult child or a little child in your family that you just don't know what to do. Maybe there's a decision that's hanging out in front of you that you'd rather just close your eyes and not think about, but that you know you're gonna have to walk into. And all the time, God has put that in front of you. God has made it clear that your future involves that. Are you in that moment thinking more like the 10 or the two? Are you seeing only the obstacles, only the challenges, only the difficulties? Or are you like Joshua and Caleb that, hey, They knew the challenges, they knew the difficulties, but they said, if God is with us, we can do it. A church family, when it comes to church this fall, there's no doubt in my mind that ministry in the next few months is gonna be a challenge. But what would the two say? If God is with us, we can do it. So what does the future look like for the next few months? Well, behold the perfect plan, all right? You ready for it? Hopefully you get the sarcasm there. This is not a perfect plan, okay? It is not a perfect plan. I've been telling people in conversations this week, this is not a perfect plan, but it's also not a permanent plan. This is not a perfect plan, but it is a plan that we believe God is leading us into. It's in many ways not a plan I even wanted to have to share with you. I wish it were different, but we are walking into a future that God has put in front of us. So let me start with what Sunday mornings are gonna look like as we begin this fall. And then we'll begin to unpack some of the other ministries together. So first of all, Sunday services. You know, we believe that leaders like options. We're a church filled with competent people, leader type people. I think we draw that kind of person to our church. I don't know if that's because we're often at the frontiers of what God's doing, but we know we have a lot of leaders in our church. And this is not a one size fits all season for ministry. And so we want to present some options to you and then have you make the best decision for what church will look like for your family as we walk into the fall. So let me show you three options uh, that we'll have as we take a look at our Sunday morning plan. First of all, we will have a live auditorium option at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. Uh, we'll also have a watch group option at 10 8.30, 10.30, and in homes. And then third of an option that's familiar to a lot of you, our online option will continue at 10.30 a.m. and be available on demand throughout the day. So let's first of all start with what our auditorium is going to look like. So in line with local health guidelines, here's a few things that you can expect as we head into this fall. Uh, In our live auditorium, we will be operating with a reduced capacity, something around 25% or so to begin. We'll also have social distance seating. Uh, Masks will be part of our indoor plan. And there will be a 10-minute after-service countdown that helps us get the turnaround time to do some cleaning, as well as limit congregating uh, within our buildings. Now, as the person who is asked to develop some of this mitigation, uh, let me just bring you a little bit behind the scenes how we come to some of these kinds of decisions. Uh, So first of all, we are looking at what other local churches are doing, churches in our state that are about our size of like faith. 
And I had a lot of great conversations with some local pastors to figure out, hey, exactly how are you doing church in these months? We're also looking at organizations of like faith, so places like Lancaster Bible College, places like Sight and Sound. So if you were to go and watch Esther you know, next week, um, basically this is the mitigation that you'd find at Sight and Sound. You could go on the website, you'd see it's, it's bas- this is basically the Sight and Sound plan. And then third, we're also, of course, looking at local health guidelines. We have local health officials in our church, and uh, we also are a community that's, our church rather, that's very involved in our community. And so we wanted to walk with them uh, during this season as well. Now, as far as when this begins, right now we are targeting the week of September 27th. That would be our first Sunday to go inside for church. Now, the date that I'm showing you here is one of the last pieces of this plan that God has really given us peace about. I mean, we've really enjoyed being out here under this tent. Uh, In fact, we look at it as a huge blessing. And let's face it, it's been great to be out here uh, without as much mitigation as what's gonna be necessary when we go inside. And so we wanted to take advantage of the, you know, what's usually forecasted as better weather of September and uh, be outside for basically the month of September and target the 27th uh, to go back indoors. Now, uh, the mitigation uh, list that I showed you just a couple minutes ago, I know that doesn't cover maybe every question that you would have. There's a lot of good things that need to be uh, detailed out. And so we'll plan to release a more up to date and precise know before you go page that will be available the week before we head back indoors for church. Now, I wanted to pause here for just a second uh, because I recognize that when even the word mitigation is said, uh, that brings out a lot of different reactions. Okay, um, I don't know how you feel about mitigation. I know there's a range of reactions, but I, wanna, I want you to hear a couple things from me before we go any further. Two things I want to share with you. One is, I want you to know that every detail that you hear today, as well as future, has been prayed through thoroughly. We have prayed through thoroughly everything that you will hear. I want you to know that there has been pastors and deacons and church members on their knees praying for the information you receive. I personally spent most of the mornings this week, first thing I would do is come out here and pray, not only for some of the things you'll hear today, but also for our church family as we walk through this season together. I was here last night at 10.30, uh, right before 10.30, I got a call, I got a text from uh, my friend Gabe who lives right next door. He said, are you still at church? I said, no, I'm leaving now. And I got in my van and left. But I was here praying for this plan. I want you to know we are praying thoroughly right now as a church leadership. Second thing I want you to hear from me is that we are presenting these plans very humbly. These are not we believe statements. And honestly, one of the things God has been really putting into my heart as I come to him and pray, oh Lord, what do we do about this specific scenario and how do we handle this particular question? God has been impressing to me, you will make mistakes as a church, whether it's my personal decision or our leadership that's been behind every decision we come to, you will make mistakes. We might look back a few years from now and think, oh, we might have been a little too tight in one aspect or a little too loose in one aspect. But God has been pressing into my heart. I want you to focus on your attitude as a leader. Are you thinking more like the 10 or the two? And so I want you to hear from me. We will be praying thoroughly, continuing to pray thoroughly as we have. And we present our plans very humbly. This is not the only way churches can come back but this is the way we believe God is leading us into.
So the auditorium is not the only option on Sunday mornings. We do also intend uh, to have uh, other strategies, including our watch group. So uh, for those who might be less comfortable in a larger group setting and more comfortable in a smaller group setting, but still want to experience church with other people, uh, a watch group could be a great option for them. So we will have uh, our loft available as a watch group. We'll also be planning an overflow group that might meet in the ministry center or the CE building uh, that would provide some space for um, for overflow. Uh, We also plan on having some peer group watch groups, including middle school and young adults, where they could come to church on Sunday morning and maybe get some fellowship with some people in their age group as they watch church together. Um, Also, home watch groups will continue to be encouraged. Uh, That was a win for us back in the yellow phase of, uh, you know, the reopening plan. And uh, we know there's people that are still meeting in their homes, taking in church together. Some of you are watching right now. That will be uh, continue to be a great strategy for people, especially who might not be ready uh, for, for a larger group setting. Uh, The third option is a familiar one. That's our online option. So this will continue to be a great option for those who aren't able or ready to resume in-person gatherings. Um, I know many people, again, maybe maybe some are watching right now, who have told me about a situation with uh, an older relative, maybe that lives in your home, or you see them often, or maybe you're around somebody with a compromised immune system, and you've told me, hey, we want to be out, but the best thing for our family right now is to stay online. And we hear that and are so supportive of that. In fact, that sounds like wisdom to us. And so we'll continue to invest in and make online church uh, a great option at 1030 and on demand throughout the day. Now, our heartbeat as pastors is also for that online audience uh, because we know that there's something missed when you're not able to fellowship and do the one another's with other people at church. And so one of the ways we're starting to address that is through more online and social media um, avenues, including new Facebook groups for engagement. Maybe if you're on Facebook, you've seen that even this week, Pastor Gabe sent out a lot of invitations for that new group where, hey, if we're not able to gather in person with our our friends at church, maybe we can up our um, interaction online. And so we wanna continue offering things like that. In fact, I'll talk even a little more about digital ministry uh, in, in a few moments. So those are our three options uh, for church this fall in our, you know, not perfect, but not permanent uh, plan. I want to say one more thing before we move on, though. Um, it's just this, this statement. No public gathering is risk-free. We, we get that, right? And each person's risk tolerance will vary. We will continue to invest in and provide no risk or online options, as well as lower risk, smaller size ministry options. And just once again, we believe you can evaluate the options and choose the best one for your family. Now, I know personally, uh, the first Sunday that we can just say church is happening this weekend and we don't have to go into mitigation and different plans and all that sort of thing, that will be the happiest Sunday of my life. I know I've talked to Pastor Chris about that before. What a day that will be, man. That'll be awesome. And, uh, and we're looking forward to that day. Uh, but as far as this fall goes, this is what we believe the Lord is putting before us. Now, beyond Sunday mornings, um, we're a church that's always been very active in discipling kids, teens, young adults, adults, very community-oriented as well. And so we continue to ask the question, how do we fulfill our church's mission beyond Sunday mornings right now? You know, we have a, a very clear mission statement, growing people of all ages to a mature faith in Jesus Christ. But how do we do that in the time of a pandemic? 
So I wanna show you a few things that we're thinking as far as specific ministries go this fall. Uh, but I wanna start with a filter that we're using that actually we all learned together during the True North series. So we're asking this question as we approach ministries this fall. It's a simple question. What are the big rocks? You know, this is a season where we can't do everything as a church that we have done in the past. So we've got to ask the question, what are the most important avenues of ministry that we want to prioritize in this unusual season? And so I'll go through one at a time, just a few slides here. I'll start with First Kids. So as we approached First Kids ministry and thought, what are the big rocks for us? Here's what we have planned. Uh, first of all, we plan to do kids' church and nurseries on the 27th, that same Sunday that we move indoors. Right now, we're planning to do nursery inside. And again, I'll say planning. Please hear that because this is all under the James 4, you plan, but you should say if the Lord wills, uh, which we've all learned so well. But uh, we're planning right now to offer nurseries inside September 27th, as well as kids' church. And right now, we're planning to start kids' church actually out here under the tent. So when we uh, vacate the tent on the 27th, we'll allow kids to do their kids' church experience under here for the beginning of the, the fall. Uh, we're also planning monthly Wednesdays. Um, if you're a parent in here and you think about some things we've done in the past, like for Kids Town, um, we're planning on doing that type of thing about once a month, probably out here under the tent. And it's something we're planning for September and possibly October right now. But we also think we might scale up and do a few more things with kids outside. But we wanted to just start again with what's the big rocks. And so right now, uh, we're planning the 16th to be our first kids night out here under the tent on a Wednesday night. Uh, as far as youth goes, I mentioned to you before, uh, we want to do a middle school watch group room that would be on our campus on September 27th. That's Sunday when we go inside. Uh, our teen groups will also begin on September 13th. Many of them have been meeting in some measure over the course of the summer. And, uh, and so we plan on all of them being gathered by the September 13th. Uh, if you have a, a teenager in the church and you're a parent, uh, you probably know this has been a big win for our teens over the course of uh, the last several years. And especially this year in a season where bigger ministry uh, is a little bit more challenging than smaller scale ministry. And so we want to really lean into our groups. We've got incredible leaders, many of uh, whom are in this room. And uh, Pastor Kyle's done a fantastic job getting ready for this fall. And so September 13th, we plan on launching our, our teen groups. Our group leaders will be in touch with your kids about that. Also, our monthly Wednesdays, that'll look similar to what we're offering for kids to begin with, a once a month in the tent outdoor experience. We're planning one for September, one for October. And once again, that's something we might scale up in the, in the next couple months. Um, aside from that, with young adults, uh, we are planning a young adult watch group that would be in the church campus on September 27th uh, for young adults to come with their peers and be able to experience church together. And then our home groups for young adults will also begin September 15th. For our adult ministries, we're planning a few men's and ladies studies. We have ladies studies starting as early as September 23rd. And then our men's studies October 1st. Our home groups for adults, some of whom have been meeting a little bit over the course of the summer, we're in touch with them last week and this coming week. Talk about a one-size-doesn't-fit-all season. That's definitely true for home groups where you have individual homes and leaders, sensitivity, comfort level, all that. So we're working through all our home groups right now to get that plan um, all in place soon. And so what I was going to say at this point is what we plan this Friday and our Sunday's coming to give you some links in that email. Uh, if you get that, 
that would allow you to register for various groups that I've talked about, including adult ministries, kids ministries, and, and youth ministries. Uh, before we move on from, from um, this part of, of our morning, though, I want to go to the next slide, which is revivals. Uh, when you talk about the big rocks, revivals has been a huge rock for us this summer, a huge rock. Uh, revivals has been one of the most encouraging things about our church this year. In a season where our community, like everybody else, kind of got turned upside down, uh, Revivals has been a mainstay for us. Uh, but there's a few things we wanted to highlight for you as we head into this fall. First of all, the Revivals Resource Center. So Revivals has partnered with Penridge School District to assist parents and families who are in hybrid learning models or online virtual school models to be able to provide tutoring and online and in-person assistance to families uh, who are like, I don't know how to homeschool. And so uh, we've got a lot of volunteers from our church as well as our community. And uh, we partnered with Dr. Bolton and Penbridge School District to offer that to our community. So it's very exciting and a, another way our church is ministering to our, our community in this unusual time. Um, also, we will continue the Soup and Soul drive through that was a huge uh, a win for us over the summer to provide meals to families in need throughout the Penridge area. And uh, really, I, I say this all the time, but our, our, um, our Revivals volunteers, especially those who are involved with these kinds of ministries, they are our frontline heroes in our church that are really doing a great job letting our community know that Christ loves them and this church loves them. And so that will continue into the fall. Uh, we also have Counseling Center and Phase Support Group starting up this fall. So our counseling center includes pastoral counseling, licensed counseling, coach-based counseling, and our phase support groups means we will start with grief share, which is a support group meeting this fall, and then head into more support groups as the, the fall unfolds. You can imagine this is a time where support groups are gonna be really valuable to our community and we wanna be there for them. Uh, last for revivals is our fall pop-ups. We plan to put some more miles on our trailer this summer. Uh, you may have seen pictures of that thing being pulled into different neighborhoods and parks around the Penridge area, and we wanna continue to use that as a way to let the light of the gospel transform our community through loving kids and those who show up at these pop-ups. So we plan on that as another uh, a staple for this fall. Uh, now, aside from our on-site or on-campus ministries, I just wanted to say one more thing about ministry this fall, and that is to talk a little bit about online or digital ministry. Um, you guys as a church did not take on online ministry as just a response to the health crisis. We were a church that always invested in online ministry long before it was a necessity because of the, the, the times we live in. Uh, you've, been, uh, you've been very supportive of online efforts in the past, and we want to continue doing that into this fall. So a few of the things we're planning for uh, probably in October, as soon as we get through some of our launches, are things like Facebook community groups. Um, I mentioned a little bit about that for our online church plan, but we continue to want to engage groups of volunteers, other smaller segments of parents and so on in uh, these uh, Facebook groups that allow some interaction and uh, allow some more fellowship in a time where we don't have as much ability to do that within our doors. Uh, we also want to launch Renew You in October with two new courses. Uh, this will be our online platform for training and for education, for content-based stuff. And so um, Pastor Doug is going to release a marriage course, eight weeks called uh, One Marriage for Life. And we plan to film all that and then batch release it on the app. And so you'll be able to binge watch Pastor Doug's marriage class, okay? So uh, maybe some of you need that after six months of COVID. I, I could probably uh, as one. Um, and uh, so that's gonna be released in October. We also plan to release a new to first class online. Uh, that would be for all the folks who have come to our church during this season to let them know, hey, we know you're there. Here's a little bit more about our church and here's how you can take your next step. 
Um, we also plan to do some really neat things with social media, gospel-related things this fall. Uh, so whether you know it or not, we have the ability as a church to put a gospel message in front of almost everybody in our community through social media. So we can target like 35 to 45-year-old moms on Facebook and create a, a specific message for that person that's filmed by one of our pastors or one of our ladies and gives them the gospel. And so don't be surprised if you see this fall, if you're on Facebook or YouTube or something like that, and you see one of our people pop up. Um, that's happened to me already. Pastor Gabe and Kyle uh, were, were on my YouTube app at like, you know, 12 midnight or something. And, uh, and so we want to continue reaching into those areas uh, with the gospel. That's a new frontier really for the gospel. And, uh, and then last podcast and digital content, we plan to continue to release more uh, content through platforms like podcasting. In fact, our seniors have really enjoyed the reunion podcast that Pastor John has started. This has earned Pastor John Hodnett his new name, Hodcast, is what we call him around the, around the church hall. So uh, we want to continue doing uh, those things as well. Um, I think the last thing I'd like to show you is our timeline for this fall. So you heard a little bit about this already, but today, of course, is the 6th where we showed you our fall ministry plan. Um, on the 13th, we plan to show, uh, to plan, plan our True North conclusion message as well as a communion Sunday. And on the 20th, we plan to start the Pioneer series out here under the tent before starting part one of that series on the 27th in our new plan with those three options we went over earlier in the service. Now, as we get ready to close, I want to share... Uh, with you a document that hangs in my office. Um, and it's a document that was drafted in September of 1898. Some of you all are familiar with this document. In fact, in the new to first classes that I do, when I did those in person, uh, I would bring that to the class to show it. See, there was uh, a handful of believers in Percocy in the late 1800s who were crazy enough to write this. God has a great work to be done in Percocy, Bucks County, Pennsylvania. And really the, the story of our church over 120 plus years is of God's faithfulness to this church family. I have a friend who was on staff at First Baptist Church in New York City. And one of the cool things uh, about that church um, is the, the history that they have. You know, he, he told me that their first pastor actually baptized George Washington. So that's pretty cool. Um, and, and they have church minutes and records that date back to how the church handled things like the Revolutionary War and the Civil War. Now, our history as a church doesn't go back quite that far. But as a church, we have endured all kinds of seasons and all kinds of difficulties over our history. You realize this church was gathered during World War I. This church was gathered in some measure during the Spanish flu. This church endured the Great Depression together and World War II and the Korean War and the War of Vietnam. This church went through the Cold War era together. This church even made it through Y2K together. But seriously, this church has been through so much and God has always shown himself to be faithful. Now I can tell you, fall ministry will be a challenge. We've never done this before. But again, what God continues to press on my heart is what's your attitude gonna be, pastor? Do you have the attitude of the 10? only seeing the obstacles, only seeing the difficulties, only seeing the challenges? 
Or do you have the attitude of the two? Do you have the attitude of Joshua and Caleb? God is leading us into this future. We can do it. Let me close in prayer before Pastor Chris comes up and wraps us up this morning. Father God, we thank you for who you are. I thank you for your incredible character. Lord, we're a church that consistently sings and praises you for your faithfulness, for your sovereignty, for your control, for your grace to us. This is a great opportunity for your church family to live out some of the things that we have been singing about for so long. We believe these things, Lord. Yeah, there's times where where it can be difficult to have a great attitude in a season like this, and I know you get that. But this is also a time for us to rise to the challenge. Can we have the attitude of knowing you're faithful, knowing you're with us, and believing that it will be good because you're in it? That is a challenge, and that's why we pray to you to ask you to empower us for that. Lord, I thank you for this church family. Uh, I can't say enough about the support that they have given to their pastors. We feel it, and we thank you so much for that. We ask for your grace as we make our plans to head into the future, and we ask that you'd bless those in your name. Amen.